Jerry Sloan. Jerry was a very hard coach on you, which I took for the rest of my career, and it kind of helped me. He was tough rolls the same way as he played. He was the same type of coach. And I can remember that he'd come into the locker room when things weren't going well and say, when you show up to your mailbox and your check's not there, then you guys are going to realize that I'm not asking you too much to get out here and play hard. And that really <laughs> stuck with me, I think, throughout my years. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at RGS Exteriors. They will improve the curb appeal for your house with James Hardy Brickstone and Stucco Exteriors. Along with soffit fish and rain gutters, check them out at rgsutahsiding.com. We're going to talk to Steve Klauke in a moment. Uh, asking for your help on a little project we're doing. Get on our open mic feature on the Zone Sports Network app. You can record up to 15 seconds of audio and send it right to the control room. We're going to try and put together as many of those as we possibly can. And we'll post them online and uh, we'll play them next week. We'll, we'll play it next Tuesday, no matter how long it is. Uh, the Zone Sports Network app, download it. Get that open mic. Send in your thoughts, a, a tribute, a memory, whatever. We're going to string them all together and play them on Tuesday and get them up online. A little Zone Listener tribute uh, to Jerry Sloan because, uh, Gordon, as we talked about earlier, you know, uh, so many people have memories and interactions and thoughts about him because he had a big impact on the community. Yeah, I say let everybody speak. Let everybody speak. It's, uh, it's a great idea. All right, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, we know him as the voice of the Salt Lake Bees, the voice of the Weber State Wildcats, but longtime radio celebrity, no big deal. He's the one and only Steve Klauke with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Steve, how are you? Uh, doing all right. Uh, obviously a tough day for anybody that knew uh, uh, Coach Sloan, and especially from my standpoint where uh, I, I can remember as a junior high school and a high school student watching him play. So, Steve, well, I don't want to make you feel uh, like you're ancient or anything. but oh, tell I am. Us, t- tell us a little bit about what you saw uh, of Jerry as a player. <laughs> well, it was it was amazing. You know, first of all, he was – picked by the Chicago Bulls out of the expansion draft from the Baltimore Bullets, but I believe, if I recall correctly, he was their second pick off the Baltimore roster. The first was Johnny Red Kerr, but he was a player for the Bullets, but they were, uh, took him in the expansion draft to be their head coach. And uh, Jerry really, when uh, it was his second year, the first year with the Bulls, but he didn't play all that much for Baltimore the year before that, but it didn't take very long for him to become the centerpiece as far as fans in Chicago were concerned because, as you might imagine, he was tough as nails out there, gave it his all every night, uh, night in, night out, and it was really a a joy to watch him play. When he and Norm Van Leer were paired up as the guards on on the Bulls' backcourt, the best way I could compare them to as far as how they played their defense, they reminded me of a pair of Oakland Raider uh, bump-and-run cornerbacks. They were that tough. They were that tough, but they were, uh, those two together were quite the uh, uh, the teammates and, uh, and all that. So he he really was Mr. Chicago Bull before Jordan came along, and it was uh, always fun to watch him play. Whether it was the first year 
at the old International Amphitheater or later at the old Chicago Stadium. But that first year, the amphitheater, it was right next door to the Chicago Stockyards. And quite frankly, it smelled like it. And so when I had a chance to meet Jerry for the first time after moving out to Salt Lake to become a part of the Jazz pregame, halftime, and postgame shows, I asked him, Jerry, how could you guys play there? It smelled awful. And he looked at me and goes, Steve, you forget, I'm from a farm in southern Illinois. It smelled like money to me. <laughs> Steve Klauke, uh is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, and Steve, my dad grew up watching him play as well and uh, would always say that Jerry Sloan was the toughest NBA player he ever saw. And, uh, you know, Jerry as a coach, that's that I think is, is his big legacy with, uh, with the Jazz that even lives on today. Play hard, play tough, and have that kind of hard-nosed attitude that fits so well with the franchise as well as this community. Well, from my recollections of those days, I believe he was really one of the first, if not the first, to patent taking charges. He was proud. He wanted to take 10 charges a game, as Dick Motta would later say, his old head coach with Chicago. He was, uh, he was right there planted in the lane. He didn't care how big the guy storming down the lane was. He wanted to be able to take that charge. He was a guy that uh, prided himself on defense, but, you know, he could score a little bit, too. I mean, he averaged 18 points a game one year, and I was fortunate enough to be in Milwaukee the night that he set his career high, which was 43 points in a game against the Bucks. And oh, many years back uh, when Tim Buckley was writing for the Deseret News, who was closing in on March 5th, which was the date of, the, of his record high, I remember telling T-Buck, you know, you ought to do an article about the, the anniversary of Jerry's 43 points. He was 19 for 36 from the field and 5 out of 6 from the foul line. You know, th- 43 points is impressive without any three-point line. And he thought that would be a good idea. So he talked to come one of the players and uh, one of the players was uh, Matt Harpring. And he said, uh, he gave Matt those stats and Harpring looked at T-Buck and said, you mean Coach Sloan took 36 shots in one game? He'd never let us do that. And for the next two days at practice, Jerry had no idea why. Harpering kept calling Sloan Kobe. <laughs> Did, I don't remember, uh, Steve, talking to Jerry about this. And maybe you did. I don't. Do you know how he felt about going to the finals against uh, against the Bulls? And you know, because I remember being in that building and looking up and seeing that number four hanging in the uh, rafters. Yeah, it was it was a little bit different for him. I mean, at that, but but from what he told me, it was a situation where you know the Bulls were great to him. He had a great career there as a player, a brief career there with one successful season as a head coach. But at that point, he had already been with the Jazz for what twelve, thirteen years, and at that point, uh, the, he looked at it as the Jazz were his employers, and there was no real melancholy feeling about playing Chicago. Steve Klauke is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. How much do you think uh, Jerry's uh, upbringing, you mentioned the the farm there in Illinois, how much did that play into who he was as a a person, player, and coach? Oh, it was was everything. It was really everything as far as the the way he was brought up. It was a tough living as far as, you know, know, working the chores in the morning before going to school, working the chores in the the afternoon after coming home from school and for, what, six years, a a one-room schoolhouse. So really that kind of uh, started 
and developed his uh, demeanor in regards to his work ethic and how tough he was and that uh, uh, you had to put in a, a good day's work to get results, the old lunch pail line that he always used to use uh, uh, with his players. So I, I really think that kind of a background and you know playing at McLeansboro High School and bouncing from the University of Illinois eventually to Evansville University uh, really was a part of, of his foundation. And I think it also led to the fact that he was, you know, he, he loved the camaraderie of basketball because it was a lonely life on the floor. That's why I think he always enjoyed his teammates, whether it was his high school buddies from McLeansboro, his college teammates, or or even his uh, professional teammates. I can remember how devastated he was when Johnny Kerr passed away, and then, you know, a week later, I think it was, Norm Van Leer passed away, and then probably his closest friend on the team, uh, the center, Tom Borwinkle, he passed away, oh gosh, about 10, 12 years ago. And I remember how close they were, and of course the famous uh, story that Jerry used to tell that in Northbrook, Illinois, where he lived when he played for Chicago, that Borwinkle bought the house behind his, and uh, one day he was looking out to the backyard and saw that Tom was building a fence, so he went back, and you know Tom was seven feet tall, and he asked Tom, well, how high is this fence going to be? And Borwinkle said, oh, about six feet, nine inches tall, that way I could look into your backyard, but you can't look into mine. <laughs> I remember when I went to McLeansboro, Steve, uh, and uh, talking with uh, the owner of Don's Liquor Hut uh, about Sloan. And this is what he said about him. And it, it goes right in line with what you were talking about. He said, he'll come in, get a couple of bags of peanuts and a beer, and we'll sit a while and talk. Everybody around here knows Jerry. And when I was there at Don's Liquor Hut, I talked to somebody else. And that person said of jerry he said he's one of us if he were here right now he'd be the worst dressed person around in bib overalls and an old hat he was dirt poor growing up and even though he's been successful and put us on the map he never changed no, and the thing is, that, you know, because of that background, this is probably why he was such a, a generous person, uh, whether it be with his time or his money. As I, I found out my first uh, couple of years uh, doing the Jazz pre-half and post-game and traveling with the team during the postseason, it was impossible for me to spend any of my expense money if he was in the neighborhood because he would, he would always make sure that you didn't pay for anything you drank, anything that you ate. He was that kind of a person. Hmm. Steve Klauke with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, what about him made him a great coach, do you think? I mean, lots of, uh, of great players try coaching, and not all of them succeed. Why was Jerry able to, do you think? Well, I think it was a couple of things. One would be his work ethic. I think, uh, you know, bar none, he, he wanted to work as hard as he could to be as successful as he could, and he didn't, you know, he and he wanted the players to be the same. But I think the players were always respected the fact that uh, even when times were tough, he would always uh, have their back, which was the case. I think that he learned while playing under Dick Mata. I'm sure his high school and college coach uh, uh, had an effect as well, and I'm sure he, he learned a little bit uh, as well under Coach Layton. So he, he, I think he took all of that and uh, developed the style that he wanted to go with, and uh, obviously very successful style it was. So, Steve, if, you, uh, if, if one day one of your grandkids come, came up to you and said, Hey, Grandpa, tell me about Jerry Sloan, what what would be the what would be the thrust of what you would say? Probably he was one of the most intense people that I ever met in regards to what he did for a living. 
But I also told him he had, uh, and as your uh, column points out, I think, uh, a soft side that not a lot of people had a, a chance to see. But uh, I remember uh, back in the, when we first uh, moved here, uh, uh, my season tickets that my wife would sit in was about five rows behind uh, where Bobby Sloan sat. And she had actually sat behind the bench at one time, but Bobby intimated to my wife that uh, uh, Jerry wanted her to move over there so that uh, during timeouts she could see who was paying attention and who wasn't, and she could report back to him. But it was funny that uh, she would say that it was a situation where uh, you know he was great at not taking it home. He was able to separate work from pleasure, work from his home life and all that. And I think uh, I would probably stress to uh, the grandkids uh, if and when they come around that uh, he was uh, uh, as intense a person that I ever met uh, when it came to his job, but as soft as could be when it came to home and family. Steve, uh, as you know, if you look back uh, on your uh, experiences or a memory or a story or, or something as you l- remember Jerry Sloan, what, what comes to mind? Well, it's funny because, you know, here I was wide-eyed coming from uh, Chicago, uh, admiring him as a player as we all did back then. I remember going back to my 20th high school reunion, and they used to, they, for that reunion they had us send in photos of us at work and us at uh, uh, play and at home and what have you. And uh, I remember that uh, I sent a couple of pictures. Yeah, I tried to grandstand it. One was me talking with John Stockton, and the other was with Jerry. And uh, when the picture of, uh, of me and, and John came up on the screen, there was very little reaction. And then two minutes later, when they showed a picture of me interviewing Jerry, the roar at the reunion was uh, was deafening. It was uh, a, a lot of fun because he he that was that that was uh, Jerry to us. He was he was. Uh, he was Mr. Bull at that time, so he was a guy that uh, uh, I, I just was in awe of when I first came here, but that awe was uh, quickly changed because he made sure that you, you didn't fawn on him, uh, and so he, he kind of set me straight early on, but it was really, really, really great to me as far as developing what I was doing uh, with the Jazz and, and all that, and then even in the transition to baseball, he'd make fun of me for they're switching over to doing uh, baseball, even though I was with the Jazz during the regular season, because he really wasn't a baseball fan, although he, his wife made him buy season tickets the first season of the buzz, and he went to his first game after the playoffs were over with, and I don't think he went to another game after that, because uh, a hitter uh, took a swing and a miss, and the bat slipped out of his hands and came three feet away from hitting Gary. <laughs> so, Steve, what, what, what if you were to... Uh, if you were to mention the the moment where you saw Jerry the the maddest, if that's a word, uh, what would your memory be? And when you saw him at his happiest, well, the happiest uh, would always be uh, when the opportunities came during the course of a season when. Uh, son brian or daughters kathy or holly were able to uh, come back to, to salt lake and visit with him and uh, and, and later on would have uh, uh, his grandkids there to see him as soon as the media huddle broke up uh, go over to them and the big smile on his face regardless of whether or not the jazz won or lost it was uh, uh, always uh, uh, great to see and that was when i always saw him at his happiest. His maddest, well, there were a couple of things. One is, I always noticed every year that the Jazz had to repaint the purple 
underneath his seat because he'd stomp so hard the purple would start to fade away. So that was kind of a, a cumulative mad. But I think the maddest I ever, I think I ever saw Jerry was when he was a player. The Jazz were playing. The Bulls were playing in Milwaukee, and he and Norm Van Leer were on the bench, and some fan uh, came down from the stands and just poured beer over both of them. And, of course, the, the two of them were furious. They charged into the stands and basically uh, uh, pummeled the guy. And, of course, back then that was just considered uh, protecting your territory, and uh, they were neither fined nor suspended. <laughs> Steve, uh, I, 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 wait, I, wait. I want to see the guy who has the nerve to dump a beer on Jerry Sloan. Come well, on. I don't remember what exactly he looked like, but the term uh, hamburger face might uh, <laughs> might uh, jump into my head. Steve, last thing from me, uh, and I know this is not the topic of the day, but uh, wondering, you know, we're following the comeback of sports very closely, wondering if you're hearing anything at all about uh, minor league baseball coming back and maybe – uh, good news or, or not about if we're going to get to the ballpark this summer? Well, I know that it's all up to the major leagues, and every formula that I have seen so far is not encouraging, but uh, I'm going to hold out hope until we're told uh, no, because a lot of the different formulas I have seen have the major league teams carrying four or five extra players, expanding their roster, and then... Uh, having 20, 25 players working out at their spring training camps uh, just in case they're needed due to injury. So it, it's, not, uh, it's not promising at this point, but I'm not going to hold out to, or completely hold out hope. Two questions for me real quick on baseball, mm -hmm. Steve. The first one is I read a story the other day that talked about how the owners in the past, when they have lost money, that one of the ways that they have recouped some of that money was to expand and to bring a couple of new teams in. I think after the collusion lawsuit, I think they, the league expanded. Uh, do you think there's a possibility with what's going on this summer that the major leagues could expand? And will Salt Lake City ever get a major league team? On the first half of that, I would say, yes, I wouldn't be surprised if they expanded because I think that's something that's uh, been kind of on the back burner. Talks about uh, getting uh, Montreal back into Major League Baseball. I know Nashville's been mentioned. I know Russell Wilson, the Seahawks quarterback, is a part of a group trying to bring uh, Major League Baseball back to Portland. So I do see it happening as far as Salt Lake City is concerned, uh, I, doubt, I doubt it. I, you know, I always used to uh, listen to Ian Furness talk about this as well. That I don't know that the corporate dollar is quite here in Salt Lake City. Uh, you're, you're talking about 81 home games a year where you have to build a, a ballpark big enough and, and sell all the suites and the advertising, and I just don't think that the money is here. So uh, uh, I guess uh, my answer to that would be probably not. All right, and last thing for me, Steve, is what do you think of the Doosan Bears? Do you think that they, are, they have enough talent to win the Korean League? Well, if I'm not mistaken, they do have one former Bees pitcher on their roster, uh, Drew Rusinski. So, uh, yeah, I think they, they have a chance to go all the way, but they need to stay healthy because they don't have a lot of depth in their minor league system. <laughs> 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 that was amazing. I love it. We've adopted teams from Have the you? Korean League. Yeah, and I took the Doosan Bears. Uh, Jake uh, Austin took Samsung, whatever they are. What the are Lions. The Lions. Remember and, the name. And uh, Jake, who did you take, Jake? 
The Key Womb Heroes. <laughs> the heroes. <laughs> well, I ask a question. I ask a question about Korean League baseball to Steve Clowkey, and he's breaking down the roster. Uh, but Cla- <laughs> Clowkey knows the perils of being a fan of a team named the Bears, though, Gordon. Ouch! Yeah. Ouch! Ouch! Come on, Austin! Ouch! <laughs> wow! I, I still Austin's every time I think of the Bears, I think of okay, could have had Patrick Mahomes or. Uh, uh, the Houston quarterback, whose name escapes me for the minute, but no, they took Mitchell Trubisky instead. Good, good move. <laughs> yeah, gotta love uh, it. But, uh, no, it, uh, yeah, just to, to summarize, uh, it was a, a joy and a pleasure uh, to watch Jerry play, and a joy and a pleasure to uh, be able to uh, talk to him uh, on a one-to-one basis over the years. Uh, and uh, the one thing I'll always remember is. He absolutely, matter of fact, this was the last time I talked to him, he absolutely adored my wife's homemade caramels to the point where he said that uh, he would eat them like popcorn. And the last time that I gave them to him, January of 2019, he, he looked at me and said, well, I'm going to put 10 pounds on. Uh, bring those around sometime, will you, Steve? <laughs> Yeah, what's this? How, how am I just learning about these caramels now? Well, you know, you have to be on her good list. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-oh, we got yeah, work we to gotta do. Work. Yeah, we got to make that happen. Uh, Clowkey, thank you very much for jumping on with us, my man. We really appreciate it. I appreciate the invite. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Steve Clowkey, uh, of course, voice of the bees in Weber State, but uh, been doing sports radio in uh, in this market. What, Gordon, going back to the mid-90s, early 90s? Yeah, early 90s. Uh, yep. Clocky, one of the best. One of the best. All right, we are live at Bullfrog Spas. And, uh, Gordon, guess who I'm sitting, of course, uh, uh, socially distanced across the table uh, from me right now. Uh, a guy I haven't seen in a couple of months. It's it's Dan the Man. What's up, Dan? Jake, how you doing? It, it, Boy, it, it seems like it's been longer than a couple of months. It does. <laughs> Crazy isn't, time. Isn't it wild how time doesn't move anymore? How, how it just goes by so incredibly Boy, slowly. No, no kidding. We get we get some sports going again. Maybe it will. Maybe the clock will start to, to move again. But it has it has it has been ticking slowly. How, sure. How's so, everybody? So Dan, you and yours? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Gordon. So, so Dan, I gotta ask you. It seems as though. Uh, the most popular thing in the world to own these days is a bullfrog spa. Boy, no, no kidding. Uh, and and we, I assume you're broadcasting from yours today. Is that right, Gordon? Uh, <laughs> you no, better not looking, be. I'm looking out the window <laughs> at it right equipment. now, and uh, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, boy, you, you know, you're not you're not kidding. The, the as as we have all, I think, as a society, started to try to think about things a little bit differently over the last couple of months we're thinking more about about our homes about our wellness you know our 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 bodies our minds and and you know the three of us have have talked for a long time about our our message of peaceful body peaceful mind peaceful home and if there was ever a time that that uh, you know i think people are really realizing wow what what a great what a great time maybe not going on vacation this summer uh kids are kids are cooped up at home if there was ever a time to think about improving that backyard improving your home this is it and and a bullfrog spa is a, a great place to escape from this craziness and well uh, this particular uh, I'll just say this, Dan. Uh, my family has enjoyed this Bullfrog Spa, and uh, they love it. And all ages, you know, the grandkids, uh, my daughters, my wife, everybody loves that thing. And it really is a centerpiece. 
Yeah, it becomes it becomes a gather a, a gathering place for you know for for loved ones and uh, you know this is a time that we you know we don't want to gather in lo- in large numbers but I feel like I've I've learned that it's more important than ever to keep those that are closest to you close to you and and uh, you know even you know teenagers they actually talk to you when you're sitting in the hot tub with them because <laughs> their phone's not with them right so yeah. and and this sale in particular this weekend uh, this is. Your big one, yeah. I mean, this is this is always a, a big sale, and this year it's it's bigger than ever. It has to do with this this demand that, that we're experiencing and the, and the interest in in our product. And so we've worked with our finance partners to to, to have better financing than ever. We've we've worked with um, with our brand to have better rebates than ever. We've got great Memorial Day sale pricing. So, you know, when it's all said and done, we're, we're talking about savings of of over thirty five hundred dollars off of MSRP on a lot of models. And zero uh, percent financing for up to sixty months, uh, and some factory rebates on top of that. So great time to come in and, and look at Bullfrog Spas. And and you know there are some models that we can deliver fairly soon. Some have a waiting list at this point, but you want to get in as as early as possible for for good selection. Right off I fifteen, off one hundred and forty six South, just head west, half a half a heartbeat, and you'll run right into us. And I'll tell you what, it's it's good to see your crew too, Dan. Some uh, friendly faces, and uh, it's good to see everybody. I, you know, and, and and let me tell you, like. Like most people that that uh, you know work in retail during this time, they have done an incredible job to to continue to show up, care for our customers, you know, follow the protocols, keep things clean, keep keep some distance, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm so proud of how they they continue to to work to to help keep uh, people happy in their Bullfrog Spas in their backyards. It's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you. All right, that's Dan from Bullfrog Spas. We'll have Chris Morris coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 the Zone. Celebrating the life of Utah jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. He made players better, and uh, you know, I think the organization saw that. The whole league saw that. He's considered one of the best coaches ever in the NBA, and just uh, I'm very proud to have played for him. Honoring the memory of the Utah jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan. Celebrating the life of Utah jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. You know, he was an open book, really. When you talk about Jerry Sloan, and even those who may not have played for him but knew him, uh, they knew what kind of man he was. I mean, he was a tough SOB with a kind heart, with one of the biggest hearts of anybody I've ever met. Um, and I think you, know, you can put those two characteristics in one person. Uh, it's not often you see that, but with Jerry Sloan, you got what you got, and you respected it. Uh, if you knew anything about him as a player, if you didn't know anything about him as a player, uh, you better get on the internet or something and, and find out about him because, you know, he was a quintessential warrior as a player when he got into coaching. He made warriors out of guys like me and guys who played for him, like John and Carl and, and everyone, Mark Eaton and all those guys who, who were fortunate enough to be coached by him. There was a huge contribution there to their manhood, and that was Jerry Sloan. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone, live from Bullfrog Spas, just off 515, off 146 South Head West. You'll run right into us. We're going to talk to Chris Morris coming up here momentarily. Uh, we're asking for our listeners' participation today on the open mic uh, feature on our Zone Sports Network app. 
Uh, you can record up to 15 seconds of audio. Give us uh, memory or thoughts on uh, on the passing of Jerry Sloan, and we're going to string them all together, and we'll play uh, a listener tribute to Coach Sloan on uh, on Tuesday. We'll also get that up online. So we need your help. Go to the Zone Sports Network app. Download it if you don't have it. Go to the open mic feature and uh, send us uh, up to 15 seconds worth of audio. Gordon, we're going to talk to Chris Morris uh, coming up here momentarily and uh, get another player's perspective on uh, on Coach Sloan and his impact on, uh, on our community and uh, the Utah Jazz. Yeah, it's good to hear all these voices today. That's um... I'm enjoying hearing the memories. Yeah, and th- there's been a number of online tributes and, and folks on social media, current players, uh, f- uh, current jazz players, former jazz players, uh, reaction uh, throughout the league. In fact, I was listening to a news broadcast earlier, Gordon, and it, it led the, the news news broadcast. So and no doubt that, that Jerry's impact was not just here in Salt Lake and not just in basketball. Yeah, and so many people have memories of meeting Jerry and having an opportunity to see what he was like up close. And so many folks are taken aback by how polite, how kind, how nice he was. And really, that's the way he was away from the uh, the floor of competition. Yeah, it, it, my interactions with him certainly were, were that way. Uh, and... and um, you know, it was a, it was it was really a great to cover him at the beginning of my career, and I, uh, you know, like a lot of uh, his players when they go elsewhere and come back, uh, appreciate it more. You know, you've heard Deshaun mm-hmm. Stevenson uh, say that that he didn't appreciate Jerry enough while he played for him, and and I believe Darren Williams has expressed uh, similar things. But it, it's that way from a media perspective too. You look back on that and. And realize how how great it was dealing with Coach Sloan. Uh, let's get out of the Sprint special guest line, Gordon Sprint. They make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Uh, former Jazz player, of course, he is Chris Morris with us back on the Big Show. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hey, what's going on? I just want to say to all uh, to the Utah fans and uh, to the state of Utah, you know. Uh, much love to y'all, and y'all, y'all brought me memories and, uh, and great times and uh, had fun making friends there. So, Chris, what was it like to be in the locker room with Jerry when he was coaching the team and uh, being out on the floor as well? Man, let's start with practice first. <laughs> <laughs> Man, practice was practice was, was practice was. You know, we we uh, second team get the beat down. You know, from the from the starters. You know, because they get all the calls. You know, because he he makes sure they they don't get hurt first. So uh, it, it 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 was just one of those things. You know, and then you know, with him in practice, it, it leads into the locker room. You know, uh, you practice how you play. You know, and I think he got the best out of all of us there in practice first. Um, that that tells how we play. You know, if we didn't practice well, we won't play well. Um, that, I think that's the upsetting thing that he he didn't like uh, for what uh, that brought for the for the organization as well as uh, himself because you know he was, he represents toughness you know because he played back in the day with uh, Willis Reed back in New York I think and um, that was a tough dude back then and so he he's brought that toughness in practice where he expect everything um, to be for what it is because um, I didn't know that by me coming from New Jersey uh, me on a on a you know 
from a losing standpoint, you know, every year we're not making the playoffs, we're not doing this, we're not doing this right, uh, until we start winning a little bit before I, uh, I left New Jersey. Getting to Utah was a different kind of ball game. You know, it was expectations of each player that came uh, to the Jazz. And uh, I, I kind of like, you know, my first year, when I didn't have 34, I had 43. Um, I was, wasn't in greater shape, but I think by being there, I got in better shape. I got in better in tune with the game with, uh, with great players, you know, with, you know, a power forward that can pass as well as, uh, run the floor, a, a guard who can run a team, set screens, don't mind being hurt. Um, that showed me a lot, you know, and, and it was all about business. And, uh, and I think when I came, but when I came there, when I came there, um, it was all about business. They they taught me how to be about business, and it, 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 and, it, and it led to more fun and then more you know camaraderie with the guys and the coaches and making sure that we understood the game. Uh, we talked about it, and uh, and Sloan, Sloan made me realize what it was, you know, and, and I and I thank them for that, and as well as uh, Phil, uh, Gordy, you know, and the rest of the squad that was there. Uh, in the time that I was there, man, I, I, I really enjoyed the whole entire time. That really that, that taught me a whole lot. You mentioned Coach Chiesa. He was actually on our station a little bit earlier today, and he said that Coach Sloan really had a talent for getting the most out of his players. Why, why do you think that was? Uh, it was toughness. Uh, he brought toughness, and, and you look in his eyes, and I think he expects you to look into his eyes and, and see the fight. And uh, and I think that's what he brought. And I think um, when when Sloan being up on the um, Layden, um, as I recall, when I was uh, with the Nets, um, you know, from the old uh, Salt Lake Palace where Sloan started uh, with Frank Layden. You know, Frank Layton kind of was a different kind of guy, <laughs> you know. Um, and, and I can see that, you know, um, from from watching TV from the West, to, you know, from, from East to West. Um, I think Sloan developed his own style the way he wants things. And uh, I think Carl them bought into it. And I think uh, his staff that he put together bought into it as well because, you know, Chiesa was like the defensive guy. Uh, as small as he was, his brain was just like on point about um, getting things done for, from our aspect of uh, defensively uh, with the team and fine-tuning us together uh, as one. Um, I think that built on the relationship with that. Uh, but Sloan expects everything on both ends. You know, you, you, if you do everything half, you know, I don't want to say it on the radio, but if you do half eight, you know, you won't get the best out of you. So um, he really taught me how to do that, too. And Gordy did the same thing because uh, it helped me with my defensively more than I, uh, for the West Coast style. Um, because the East Coast was a little bit more different than, uh, than West. Um, which, you know, it, it, it turned out that where I had to bring both, you know. And, and that kind of, like, added to my game to where I got a chance to play where I felt comfortable. Um um, I wasn't griping about anything because it was a lesson learned for me because I wanted to win. Um, we had our opportunities there, and I think Coach Sloan understood that too. Um, 
But I think, you know, for me, I, I, I just appreciate that he gave me an opportunity to, to come to Utah and um, still were able to utilize my skills and also still make friends with, with people that my kids was enjoying at the time uh, of growing up with for a short amount of time and uh, becoming friends with a lot of people there that I, I still uh, stay in touch with, which is a great place. And a lot of people, like I'm going to tell you this here, a lot of people keep telling me, what about Utah? I said, what about Utah? Utah is the best place to be. You know, that's why Sloan's still there. That's why Mark Eaton is still there. You know, uh, you know, and guys like that that's been there. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a place of a place of being, you know. You can uh, do your thing, and I think I appreciate that, too. I knew I had to move on uh, from that situation. But um, I still had a lot of respect for him because he was tough on me than I was tough on myself because I knew I could do better. But I think he, he expected more, and I think, uh, you know, I wish I could have gave him more because I think – for, for my knowledge, I know in his heart that we should have two championships in there in Utah right now. Chris, I like the way you said that because you were always a talented scorer, but it sounds like you were really hungry to come out to a place where there was good structure, uh, where the coaches knew what they were doing when uh, you had an opportunity to play team basketball. And that's one thing about Jerry. He Everybody wants to play more, right? But he... He seemed like a, a guy that the players thought was fair. He, he was, you know, um, because, you know, I left, like I said, I left Jersey. It wasn't a lot of structure, you know, because I had too many coaches. Um, but I did have, I had great coaches. I had, um, I started out with Bill Fitch. Then all of a sudden I started off, um, I had Butch Beard, and I had um, Chuck Daly for my last uh, few years there which that gave me a little bit more taste of the playoff uh, when the structure was best of five. And in my mind, I didn't like the best of five. Um, but getting to Utah, I had to learn a whole different style of play. But it wasn't no different than uh, me being in, in Jersey. But I had to understand what the structure is and what the coaches want uh, because I don't have those East Coast coaches no more. I have West Coast coaches who wants more out of the players, who wants to play, to play harder, sacrifice a lot, which, you know, mean I can easily do a lot of scoring, you know, when I got there, but I didn't. Uh, I really wanted to fit in and, and, and utilize my skill in different ways to, you know, to, to, to maintain that statue of how they play the game over there in Utah. What's the first thing that comes to mind when I ask the question, what did you learn from Jerry Sloan? What I learned is being a student of the game. There was always a paper or a sheet of, or a, 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 a scouting report on your seat in the locker room before a game. Study this, study that. Uh, and if he asks you a question, he wants you to know it by heart. So that's when I knew I had to really – step that game up because I didn't have that, like I said, on the East Coast where you had to talk about players uh, before the game. So he was asking everybody that, and, and he was straightforward with it, which, which, which kind of got me intrigued because now I know what I need to know when I go out there and play. And I think if, if you don't know that, that means you're going to lose out on what you should know about this player when you play. And then if you can't perform with your expectation of what he wants, 
you'll be sitting there and watching. And that was, and I'm not that person to sit there and watch. So that means I became um, very adapted real quick to what he wanted and, and, and used it to my ability. Chris, we can't thank you enough for coming on with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, like I said, I mean, I, I appreciate you guys, man. I think, you know, you guys uh, are doing a great job over there. I know it's been a while for us um, guys that have been there and not been back in a while. But uh, but our love for Utah is uh, is always going to be 100. Um, and I know for my short amount of years there, for three, um, it's going to always be in my heart. Well, we appreciate you jumping on with us today, Chris. Thank you very much. Hey, man. Love y'all. Chris Morris, longtime NBA player and former member of the Utah Jazz. And, you, you know, talking to, to these folks who are close to Jerry and the players, I mean, they're feeling it today. You could hear that in Chris's voice for sure. It sounds to me like he kept saying over and over again how much he was looking forward to playing for Jerry and playing for uh, the, the playing the kind of offense and defense that the Jazz were so good at. And he had some good coaches. I mean, he listed some of them off, but uh, Chris uh, Chris wasn't always the most structured player in the world. And uh, when he came to Utah, it was like a whole other deal. Yeah, that was that was a great interview. Uh, great job, Austin, tracking down Chris. That was that was a, a good voice to have on these airwaves today. Very, very and of good. course, he he was on those great jazz teams. So yep. Yeah. All right, we'll get that up at 1280thezone.com. We'll get more coming up next. We're live at Bullfrog Spas. It's their Memorial Day sale. Come by and and, uh, find out what they can do for you, a customizable experience where they'll get you your own custom Bullfrog Spa just off 146 South and I-15, just head west. We'll have more of the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Celebrating the life of Utah jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. What about you stepping down? What were you thinking? I said, I had no doubt at all that Jerry was going to take the team to the next level. And he did do that. He was a great coach. He had the thing that coaches need. He was going to have respect from the authority above, which gave him authority. And he was going to have the respect of the players. And they knew him by reputation and nobody was going to outwork him. He was the type of guy who didn't cry over losses. He didn't complain about the schedule or travel or anything else. He just came to work. As he used to say, he used to come to work like a, a, a guy going to work with his lunch pail and ready to pitch in and, and do whatever he could. He, he was a great assistant. He was a better head coach. And the rest is history. I mean, he coached his way right into the Hall of Fame. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan. Celebrating the life of Utah Jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. Jerry Sloan's biggest contribution is to show that if you have a single-mindedness of purpose and you demand respect, you will get it. He coached in a consistent way. His expectations were consistent. His goals were consistent. Players knew what to expect from him. That never really changed. And if I'm an owner and I know I got Jerry Sloan starting a training camp for me in October, I feel pretty good about where I'm going to be in May and June. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan. Big 
Joe Gordon, Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone, live from Bullfrog Spas, just off the 146 South exit off I-15. Just head west. You'll run right into us. It's time for another Mountain America market update. Let's get out to The Zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our good friend Jordan Boyle is here on The Big Show. Hello, Jordan. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. How did uh, we end up the week on the market? So the Dow Jones and Key were up about three and a half percent for the week. So that was a good one. Today was flat, uh, but the technology-heavy Nasdaq continues to lead the year with a nearly four percent gain for the year. To compare, the Dow is down fourteen percent still this year, and the S and P is down eight percent. A second round of stimulus may be coming later this year, and if that passes, as currently proposed, dependents could be claimed over the age of seventeen and undocumented workers could be eligible. So uh, what are the little indicators that are are prompting uh, more positive news? More reopening. Trump says that if we have another wave of the coronavirus, that we're not closing down the economy. Well, with all this in mind, any tips uh, for our listeners out there? Yes. So as you think about the NASDAQ being positive 4% and the Dow being down 14 you're probably thinking, I hope I have the NASDAQ in my portfolio. Well, that's common, and most people think, I'm going to go put all my money in the NASDAQ because it's doing so well. But past performance is no guaranteed future results. That's why we always talk about diversifying. Um, yes, it's done great, but there are other opportunities out there as well. Sometimes we think, hey, I'm going to buy gold. But I want to keep in mind that you've got to limit your exposure to an asset that is not diversified. So if you're very confident in one area of the market, you either need to be prepared to lose everything you invest in that strategy, or you need to limit your allocation to meet the rules of diversification. And I know we always talk about diversification, but I hope this gives you a different perspective of what that really means. Well, Jordan, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Keep up the good work. Thank you. That's Jordan Boyle from Mountain America Investment Services, and that is another Mountain America market update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed, and loss of principal is possible. Coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, we'll be joined by our friend Howard Beck. At 4.30, Steve Brown is going to be on the show. Bowler jumps on with us at 5. And Randy Rigby, former president of the Utah Jazz, will be on with us at 5.30. We are live from Bullfrog Spas, 146 South, just off off of I-15, just head west. Of course, peaceful body, peaceful mind, peaceful home. Gordon, you have a bullfrog and love it dearly. Yes, I do, and that's why I'm such a peaceful guy. Uh, Jake, maybe you need, to, you need to jump into one of those tubs down there and become more peaceful. You know what? I, I, I often think, about, uh, think of that of myself. You know, I do need to be more peaceful. I agree, Gordon. <laughs> that is just what the doctor ordered. Uh, it is. Uh, we love our spa. Uh, we always have from the first day we bought it, and uh, it's it's something that – I mean, I, I'm just trying to picture in my mind Sadie 
having fun in that spa. And not to mention you and Naz. I mean, just relaxing. Think about that for a minute. Doesn't that sound good? Oh, it sounds amazing. And now is the is the time uh, to come check it out because the demand on these bullfrogs has been very high. As you know, Gordon, they're the most uh, energy efficient spa out there. Only takes about 12 bucks a month to run it. Uh, great time uh, to actually design your own hot tub. That's one thing that they're uh, the word that they're getting out there is they can customize these for you. We're talking style, color, size, many do uh, different options, uh, and they can have it delivered to your back. Backyard just in time for fall. That's prime hot tub season, of course. Uh, the sale savings are great, uh, up to $1,500 off, 0% financing for up to 60 months OAC. So now is the time. It's their Memorial Day sale here at Bullfrog Spas. Find out what they can do for you and your family. All right, we're going to talk to Howard Beck coming up next, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Celebrating the life of Utah jazz legend, Jerry Sloan. He's been so important to me personally. Um, to have a, a friend that's, that's not that I need a father figure, but like that. And uh, that, that you can count on. Uh, you know he has your back no matter what. He was a coach that he listened to a player. And he didn't discriminate. And uh, we had that relationship that, you know, he could get on Stockton and I. And if he could do it to us, he can get on anybody else. Honoring the memory of the Utah Jazz legend and member of the Basketball Hall of Fame, Jerry Sloan.